Hello, my name is Paul Rouse and I am a lecturer in Modern Irish History at University College Dublin. Amongst the courses I teach here is one that studies the development of the modern sporting world in Britain and Ireland. As part of this course I look at the origins and the development of the Gaelic Athletic Association, the GAA. It is a basic truth of Irish history that the founding of the GAA is a key moment in the development of modern Ireland. The question I wish to address here is, what actually happened at the founding meeting of the GAA, which took place in the billiards room of Lizzie Hayes' commercial hotel in Thurless County Tipperary on Saturday the 1st of November 1884. That meeting had been called after an exchange of letters between two Irish sportsmen, Michael Cusick and Morris Davin. That exchange of letters had taken place in the summer of 1884 and had led to a general plan to hold a meeting in Tipperary in early November to establish an association to take control of athletics in Ireland. The first modern athletics meeting in Ireland had actually taken place at Trinity College Dublin back in 1857 and over the following 25 years the idea of staging formal sports days had spread across Ireland to towns and villages in every county. However, the promise of a vibrant organised athletic scene had fallen away by the time Cusick and Davin were moving to found a new association in the 1880s. Instead, the Irish athletics world had descended into something of a shambles, apparently stained by gambling and general disorganisation. Crucially, Irish athletics clubs had failed to establish a governing body for the sport in Ireland and the rules governing elite sport in Ireland had largely been adopted from England. These athletics rules were the rules of the British Amateur Athletics Association which had been founded in 1880 and was concerned with running events rather than with weight-throwing events. To Cusick and Davin, both of whom were rooted in the rural Irish tradition of weight-throwing, this was unforgivable. And then there was also the issue of Sabbatarianism. The men who ran Irish athletics pushed to hold events on Saturdays usually. Yet the traditional day for sport in rural Ireland was Sunday. And this and other practices served to exclude from athletics a large section of the population. Cusick and Davin formed the plan. On 11th of October 1884 Cusick published an article entitled a word about Irish athletics, in a weekly newspaper called United Ireland. In that article, Cusick wrote that neglecting the pastimes of the Irish people was a sure sign of national decay and of approaching dissolution, smoking and card playing. He railed against the Englishness of everything which was now associated with sport in Ireland and declared, We tell the Irish people to take the management of their games into their own hands to encourage and to promote in every way every form of athletics, which is peculiarly Irish, and to remove with one sweep everything foreign and iniquitous in the present system. In the following edition of the United Ireland newspaper, Morris Davin wrote a reply in which he offered the unequivocal support for Cusick's views. He called for the establishment of an athletics association to draw up proper rules for athletics in Ireland, and also for hurling and for Irish football. And to lend a a sense of gathering momentum to the whole enterprise, Cusick and Davin then combined to issue a circular, which announced that a meeting was being called for Hayes' Hotel in Thurless County Tipperary on the 1st of November at 2pm.
As the circular stated, the aim of the meeting was to take steps for the formation of a Gaelic association for the preservation and cultivation of our national pastimes and for providing rational amusements for the Irish people during their leisure hours. Although the inaugural meeting was fixed for 2pm, the GEA immediately established what might be called GEA time and the meeting did not start until 3pm an hour late that Saturday afternoon. Michael Cusick welcomed those who attended the meeting and then he handed over to Morris Davin who took the chair for the rest of the meeting. Davin spoke about their motivation for establishing the GEA. He said that they were there because the rules which were now being used to govern Irish athletics were English ones. And although those rules were good in their own way, they were simply unsuitable to Irish pastimes. Further, Davin said that himself and Michael Cusick were determined to provide amusement and recreation for the ordinary people of Ireland, who, he said, now seem born into no other inheritance other than an everlasting round of labour. Michael Cusick also spoke at length once Davin had finished, and he also laid out the reasons for establishing the GEA. He read extensively from letters and telegrams received from those who could not attend the meeting in Thurlis. Apparently there were 60 such messages of support. The meeting then chose Morris Davin as president of the new association and chose Michael Cusick, John McKay and John Wise Power as secretaries. Understanding the political and social mood of the 1880s, the people who founded the GEA then decided to approach Archbishop Thomas Croke of Cashel, considered the most nationalist member of the Catholic Church, to be patron of the association. Also asked to be joint patron was Charles Stuart Parnell, the leader of the Irish Parliamentary Party, the uncrowned King of Ireland. And the third man asked to be patron was Michael Davitt, the founder of the Land League. All three were asked to be patrons of the new association and all three later agreed to accept that position. Finally, the meeting chose as a name for its newly formed organisation the full title of the Gaelic Association for the Preservation and Cultivation of National Pastimes and concluded by promising to hold a second meeting in Cork in the near future. After the work which Cusick and Davin had put into calling the meeting, and particularly given the publicity it had generated in the newspapers, the small turnout which attended the meeting did not augur well for the future of the association. Now the actual number who turned up at the meeting is a source of considerable debate, primarily because of how the meeting was reported in the newspapers. Three of the men known to be present at the meeting were journalists. Michael Cusick was a school teacher who was also a prolific columnist on educational matters in the Dublin press, And he was a man who secured, immediately upon the establishment of the GEA, a newspaper column uh, to report on the matters concerning to the GEA. Two other founding members were also full-time journalists. They were the Belfast man John McKay, who wrote for the Cork Examiner and and the Cork Herald, and John Wise Power, who was the editor of the Leinster Leader, a newspaper based in County Kildare. Cusick, McKay and Wise Power, all three of them, published reports of the meeting. The first report of the inaugural meeting of the GEA was published in the Cork Examiner on Monday the 3rd of November. It was written by John McKay. McKay quoted at length from a speech which which he himself had given to the meeting and he listed seven men 
as also as being present at the meeting in its entirety. Though he did finish the list of those seven men with the intriguing addendum, etc., etc. The men whom McKay wrote were present, as well as himself, were Cusick, Davin, Wise Power, and also J.K. Bracken, a Tipperary stonemason, an IRB man, Thomas St. George McCarty, a police inspector and a friend of Michael Cusick's, and Joseph Ryan, a solicitor from Callan in County Kilkenny. Michael Cusick's account of the meeting did not emerge until a week after it was held, as United Ireland was published on Saturdays. Cusick agreed with much of what John McKay had written, though he did ignore McKay's own speech and focused instead on his own contribution to the meeting and that of Morris Davin. Cusick too listed seven people as being present at the meeting, although he also, along with John McKay, added that intriguing etc. etc. On the same day that Cusick's article came out, so too did that written by John Wise Power, who reproduced Cusick's article almost word for word in the Leinster Leader. Again, of course, Wise Power suggested there were just seven men present. And the GEA, through its history and in all its official publications, has subsequently repeated as fact the idea that there were seven founding members of the association. There is, however, another contradictory version in existence. Two other newspaper reports of the meeting also appeared in print. One in a weekly newspaper printed in Dublin called the Irish Sportsman and the other in a weekly local paper in Tipperary called the Tipperary Advocate. It is unclear who wrote both of these reports except that they were clearly written by the same person. These two reports list 13 people as being present at the first meeting of the GEA. They name the seven people who had been mentioned in the other reports, but also six others who were reputed to have been present. It gave their names as William Delahunty, John Butler, Charlie Culhan, William Foley, M. Cantwell and a man called Dwyer for whom no Christian name is given. As if to add to the confusion, in the late 1890s and early 1900s, several newspaper articles written by Michael Cusick state that eight or even nine people attended the inaugural meeting of the GEA. Cusick named Frank Maloney from Nina County Tipperary as another person who may have attended uh, the inaugural meeting. This, in fact, brings to 14 the number of people reported to have attended the meeting uh, in, in one shape or another. And as if to further complicate matters, various GAA clubs across Ireland later claimed that one of their own members had actually attended that inaugural meeting of the GAA. Amongst those claimed as being present were Henry Marr from Tullerone in County Kilkenny. Marr, who was known as a cricketer like many of his peers in Tullerone, was a key figure in establishing a GAA club in the parish and his son, Laurie Marr, later became one of the most famous players in the history of hurling for his exploits in the Kilkenny jersey in the 1920s and 1930s. Henry Marr, though, was almost certainly not at the founding meeting of the association. He did, however, attend the first annual convention and other key early meetings of the association. Over time, the story of his involvement in the GEA evolved into a mistaken claim that he attended that first meeting in Hayes's Hotel. Either ways, it is of course impossible to be certain how many people actually attended the first meeting of the association. The most likely figure which must be taken is that of seven, given the importance to the association of those who reported that precise number. However, it cannot be discounted that more people uh, than that actually attended the meeting. 
And of course, all of this pales into insignificance with the central fact that by its very establishment, the GEA was set on a path which would turn Irish sport on its head.